0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings.
1: And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available, of course, every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple. And wherever you get your podcast from, well, it's a Tuesday morning, the 30th of May. And this morning, once again, we're catching up with Margaret Lomas and talking about banks, interest rates, also gut intuition with property decisions. Perhaps the first talking point is first home buyers are always looking for any signs of confidence in the real estate market. And the RBA was a big part of first home buyers to lean into for that messaging for confidence in the property market. That probably isn't happening now given that what happened around the RBA saying that those rates wouldn't go up and then of course they went up. So where do you think first home buyers should be seeking qualified advice from these days?
0: Well, obviously, you can't trust anyone, can you? You can't (laughs) trust the Reserve Bank. Um, I'm of the opinion that our first home buyer profile has changed dramatically as well. And I think that one of the reasons why these interest rate rises are really failing to bite on inflation is because if we think about the people out there who are the spenders in our society, we're generally talking those people who are just in work, so 20, 21 year olds who are beginning work, sometimes younger if you're going into a trade. And right through to 30 to 35-year-olds. Now, what's happening with that generation is they're not as interested in the great Australian dream as their parents and their grandparents were. I mean, I was raised to believe that I had to have a house at all costs and there was no other option for me. And at 20, my father lent me $2,000 so I could buy my first home. And I've been a homeowner ever since that time. But these days we see yet the younger generation, certainly that age group that I talked about, They have a different agenda altogether. First of all, they don't want to be locked into a job. They like to move about from job to job. So because of that, they're not creating that credit background they need to be able to borrow anyway. You need stable employment, and that's not what's happening in that younger generation. They want to travel. They want to go overseas, and they're just not as committed to owning their own home. So what they're doing is they're earning and spending, which means that inflation is still run away because these interest rate rises do not affect them in any way. We're now seeing people start to want to become first home buyers closer to their mid-30s. And we're getting a bigger proportion of people who do that. And once they decide they want to become a home buyer at mid-30s, many of those people are choosing to become a first home investor rather than a first home occupier.
1: All right, well, we will come back to Margaret in just a moment and talk more real estate on your Real Estate Breakfast this morning.
0: Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. We're on all of them. Know your property
1: with us. As you know, today is April the 30th, which means that we are getting ever so closer to the RBA decision, talking, of course, interest rates, what is going to happen this month or next month month as we head into June as anybody's guess. Let's have a look at the birthday calls for May the 30th. And if you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday to you. And I see that Duncan Jones is celebrating his 51st birthday. This is the British film director. You might have seen that movie Moon with Sam Rockwell, a great sci-fi. What you probably don't realise is that Duncan Jones is the the son of David Bowie It's the main centre forecast And around the country let's check on your weather First we go to Sydney good morning to you expecting a mainly fine and sunny Tuesday with 21 degrees. In Melbourne this morning, it's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. uh, Possibility of a shower, but long dry periods. I think 40% chance of a shower. 18 is your forecast high. In Brisbane expecting mainly fine, 23. And in Perth, uh, sunshine with maybe a late shower, and 24 is your forecast top. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist
0: predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast.
1: And we are back with Margaret Lomas on your Tuesday morning and staying with those first home buyers, Margaret, how much of a turnoff have the interest rates been for first home buyers, do you think?
0: I don't think they're all just turned off by the interest rates because when interest rates were low, we saw a lot of those first homeowners buying their first investment property instead, climbing the property ladder through a bunch of investments which potentially might have eventually funded their dream home when they're in their 40s or not. These people are happy to rent, happy to move around. We all know that different state governments are bringing in lots and lots of rules to protect tenants so that tenants have a lot more guarantee of tenure than they used to have before. So it's all making for a different attitude to home ownership. Can those people who do want to own their own home trust the Reserve Bank? No, they can't. And we have coming up a new approach to setting monetary policy, which will be a committee of experts made up hopefully of the economists that we trust and do respect in Australia today. Hopefully that Uh, changes things a little. But I think you can't be buying a property today on the expectation that rates are going to go back down again. I think you always have to be buying your first, second, third home or your investment property on the expectation that rates could go up by a significant amount of money while you have that property and you need to be ready for it.
1: You know, it's really interesting hearing that side of the argument with the 20 to 30s because You project 20 to 30 years out, and I think it's a landscape that we're not going to recognise based on this whole delay of buying a property.
0: And you know, the bigger problem that we have, of course, is those uh, people in that age group who are quite happy to just rent and don't commit to having their own home, and the ones that then do- also don't invest well. We are going to have a whole new contingent of people. We're going to live longer. They're going to all arrive at retirement. They've already upped their retirement age to 67. That welfare bill is going to become a bigger and bigger and bigger burden because we will have these people who reach retirement and not not even have their own home that they can then downsize from and draw a retirement income from. This is a big problem, but, of course, governments don't look at those greater problems because they're they're so short-sighted. They look from election to election and all of the action they take is designed to get them elected again. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, well, you know, what are we going to do in 40 years' time, let's address that now, what government ever has said that?
1: Mm. And we know even economists at different times will say a lot of the predictions are somewhat guesswork. I've had economists say that on the podcast. So the instincts of following your own intuition, and this is particularly for first home buyers and gut feeling about something should always, I think, be part of the whole evaluation process of the property market. Don't just surrender completely to the data, rely a little bit about that gut instinct and the way that you feel about a property. What do you think about that?
0: Look, I've always said that there is no gut instinct when it comes to investing in property. And I think the biggest problem that people have when they buy a property as an investment is they think about themselves and what they would like. And I've heard people say, you know, buy what you would want to live in yourself. Well, I've proven over the years that that doesn't necessarily work because many of the properties that I own that have grown the best and given me the best cash flows are properties that I wouldn't choose to live in myself. So that's the first thing that I want to say about gut instinct, but there's a degree of being able to think to yourself things like, for example, I'll give an actual example here, in Brisbane, I think the area that's going to do pretty well, and there's no data indicating this really at the moment, is the area around Deception Bay. Now, it's, it's really a lower socioeconomic area, but the reason I'm thinking that is because if we look at the Red Cliff Peninsula, which for many years was a very low socioeconomic area that didn't do that much, And it suddenly began to grow when all of the things closer to Brisbane became too expensive for the average income earner. We saw people recognising that in and around the Redcliffe Peninsula was a beautiful area to live because it's quite coastal, it's a peninsula, and people started to move there and we saw the demographics change. Now the next in line then becomes Deception Bay, same sort of thing, coastal suburb, lovely beaches around there, at the moment a low socioeconomic group but certainly properties that are easily affordable, easily able to be renovated and we're starting to see that demographics change. That's the kind of gut instinct that you can use to kind of work out where you think to invest next and another term for that I guess is that ripple effect if you have a look at the areas that have done really well and then look around them for places that uh, that growth should ripple to. in terms of gut instinct I think you've got to be careful not to use too much gut instinct in the same way that you have to be careful not to use too much data Data will stop you from, from investing in an area that could be good that your gut instinct feels that it will be. But gut instinct will also lead you to buy in an area that you love because you love the look of it, but it's just got no fundamentals to suggest that it's a good area to invest in. So I think a bit of a balance is probably in order.
1: Like the morning cereal, a bit of a balance, Margaret. And just finally, the banks. Now, this is a sort of a bit of a contentious talking point because some economists have said that they wouldn't be surprised if the rates cut before the end of 2023. So how likely do you think it is that banks are likely to cut mortgage rates before the end of the year?
0: Well, of course, in order to cut mortgage rates, we need the Reserve Bank, or if the new body is in place by then, to make that decision that they're going to cut the cash rate. That's the first thing. Banks might tinker with their fixed rates. But one of the the things that worries me a little bit is that the budget didn't really have a lot in it to moderate inflation. If you really examine the budget, there's not a lot happening there. I don't think we're going to see the Reserve Bank increase rates again. Look, I've been wrong on that, haven't we all? But I do believe that it's highly possible that if they had in the backs of their minds that toward the end of the year, they might be able to start bringing in some rate cuts. I think that's going to be pushed out now to early 2024, which would mean that the banks aren't going to uh, pass on any rate cuts until then either unless they begin to do so through special introductory packages to new borrowers and things like that. But what I would like your listeners to know is that it's critical at the moment that you contact your bank and screw them as hard as you can for your own individual rate cut. I've just done it again with my bank. I did it a couple of months ago. They came back and told me, yep, here you go. We'll give you a bit more of a cut they reckon they'd gone as high as they could go with that. I went back again two weeks ago and said, I just need you to cut more. I'm sorry, but it's really offending me that I've been with you for 30 years and you're going to give a new borrower on a basic introductory home loan uh, a lower rate than I have, even with this massive cut you say you've given me. And I said to them, you think I'm not going to walk because I've got such a big portfolio all tied up with the one bank and it's going to take me months to, to apply for that, but I'm going to do it because <laughs> I've got more time now. I'm going to do it. I, and, and more to the point, if I leave, you guys have got a lot of work to do as well. So you need to sharpen your pencil. And they came back with more of a cut again. They actually cut me back to that new borrower rate that I was told I couldn't get because I wasn't a new borrower. So I urge everybody to go to their bank and be serious. I'm going to leave you if you don't do better because I guarantee you probably 90% of your listeners have a bank who can do better for them right now.
1: Yeah, you played hardball and they oh, they, they, they yeah. crumbled.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think they wanted to do the paperwork yeah, to of discharge course, of course. everything that I've got. <laughs> we connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.